0: listening to the Retro Sermons Podcast. Find out more at NorthColumbusChristians.com slash Retro Sermons.
1: Thank you and good afternoon to you, the radio audience. We are happy to be back to begin another week of broadcast, another week of Bible study. We invite you to get your Bible,
0: turn with us to the various
1: passages that we shall consider for this study, and to study with us God's Word you do not have your Bible convenient, and a pencil and paper and take down the references thing We're going to study today again
0: the baptism of Holy Spirit
1: and water baptism. After this study today, we shall pass tomorrow to some other study. It is still contended by some that the Holy Spirit baptism is for the purpose of putting one in
0: to the church of our Lord
1: to the church that Jesus built, and that it is the one baptism mentioned in Ephesians 4 and 5. It is that baptism that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians twelfth chapter, and verse 13. And that what a baptism is, that which puts a person into a denomination. And we want to study this, in the light of the truth, It's easy for a person to make assertions, one thing we should remember is that assertions do not prove propositions. Proposition proposition has to be proven by evidence, and when it's a matter pertaining to spiritual things, it can only be proven by God's Word. So we shall go to the Word of God for our proof of this proposition today. Uh, the Ephesian letter was written about AD 64. And if Paul says at this time there is one baptism, and what is there's one baptism.
0: Surely,
1: scholarship of the world would agree that that one baptism is a baptism that was to last throughout the age when Jesus gave the Greek commission. And we have it recorded in Matthew, the 28th chapter. Verses 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the
0: world.
1: Now this baptism was to, was to last unto the end of the work. And, we do and this was a baptism that the apostles could administer. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was to be administered by Jesus
0: Christ.
1: He was the administrator of
0: the Holy Spirit's
1: baptism. Now we find in the first chapter of Acts, proof as to Jesus being the one that sent forth the Holy Spirit. Peter so declares in the Sermon on the Day of Pentecost, and we have it recorded there in the in the Acts, where he makes mention of the fact that this is a promise that Jesus had obtained to the Father. This is a promise that he had given. Remember, Jesus had said that he was going away, and that he would send the Holy Comfor- the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, which he was to send to guide them into all truth. And Peter refers back to this, and says that this was that promise that he had obtained to the Father. Now, in our study, we want to consider what Paul said to the Ephesians concerning the subject of baptism. We find in the fifth chapter that he has this to say to them in verses 25 and 26. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for each, that he might sanctify and cleanse each with the washing of water by the Word. So here, the church was to be cleansed by the washing of water with the Word, or the washing with, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. Now the church was cleansed in that manner. And going right on in the same way, he had just stated in the chapter before, chapter 4, and verse 5, that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Now this one baptism that he mentioned here would certainly be that one which was to last right on down through the ages, unto the end of the world. And this he says he says in AD 64, that there is only one baptism, then we can rightly conclude with evidence from God's Word that this baptism is water baptism. Now in the, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we want to notice a few things. And first of all, I call for proof that remissions of sin were obtained
0: by the baptism of the Holy Spirit.
1: There is no evidence whatsoever in God's Word, and it is a burden of those who so that they produce the scripture that says that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the remission of sins. in order to obtain the remission of
0: saints. There certainly is no passage of scripture
1: that so states the baptism of the Holy Spirit as we found in our study from John the 14th chapter and also chapter 16 as Jesus said the Holy Spirit was to guide the apostles into all truth. Bring to their memories the things that he had said to them, and also to show them things to come. Our feast was the purpose of Holy Spirit's baptism, and not for the remission of sin. It was said of water baptism that it was for the remission of sin. You remember, Ananias told Saul of Tarsus, Why servest thou, arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins? calling upon the name of the Lord. On the day of Pentecost, they would be baptized for the remission of things, in order that they might obtain the remission of things. And surely this was water baptism. Now, let us notice something
0: else. It so happens
1: that those who could think, at least the particular one,
0: that I heard
1: make the statement the other day,
0: is one that contends
1: that Holy Spirit baptism is for the remission saints.
0: And yet he will not
1: take you into the denomination of which he is a minister, without baptizing one in water.
0: Now since he
1: says that one baptism, Ephesians 4 and 5, is water baptism, then I suggest that he is adding another. When he says, when he baptizes one with one, because he has stated that one baptism is Holy Spirit baptism, and the very minute a person believes, he is baptized with the Holy Spirit, and therefore, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, he has received one baptism. And then when he insists that from the person being baptized, with water in order to enter his church, Without then he is adding another one, and thus he has two baptism. Now let us notice the baptism is mentioned in verse 12, and verse 13. And let us see what it says about. Now were all of the Corinthians baptized with the Holy Spirit? There is no evidence that they were But here is what Paul says in the 13th Verse the self of God is for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or police,
0: and have been all made to
1: drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member but many. Me. So all. Now he says that they were all made to drink of one spirit. Who is it that was made to drink of one spirit? it was those who had been baptized by one Spirit into the one body.
0: when now were these people
1: who, if they had been baptized by the Holy Spirit, would it have been said of them that they were made to all drink of one Spirit after being baptized by the Holy Spirit? When a person has been baptized by the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit guides them into truth. They are under its influence. They are guided by it. And I do not believe it would read as it does.
0: Here, David, they had already been
1: baptized with the Holy Spirit.
0: For by one spirit
1: are we all baptized and to one mind, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now when the apostles were guided for the, baptized by the Holy Spirit, they were guided into all truth. They could speak with tongues. They could work miracles. They could lay their hands before others and impart to them gifts of the Spirit. Now, to the people at Corinth do that? We have no evidence that they could. But these people by the teaching of the Spirit, as He revealed the truth through the Apostle Paul and other inspired teachers who were taught, they were they learned the truth, and as they learned the truth. They became priests, and then they followed the truth, the, the, the teaching of the Spirit, as he revealed Christian duty through the apostles. And they, as they practiced these priests, they were drinking of the Spirit. Today, when a person takes the Bible at his
0: no
1: nobody is the Lord in baptism, being led by the Spirit to that time.
0: It can be truthfully said that he was
1: baptized by the Spirit into the one body. Then, as he follows the teaching of the New Testament, he is being guided, or or he is drinking of the one Spirit.
0: He is abiding the truth
1: that the Spirit has revealed through the Word of God. And thus, he is drinking of the Spirit. Just as he's corrupting. Now, since these Corinthians were not able to do the, the things the apostles did when they were baptized for the Holy Spirit, then certainly we are uh, conclude that they did not have the same baptismal make of the Holy Spirit that brothers had, that the apostles did. There is nothing in the Word of God that says,
0: or even indicates, that the Corinthian priests were baptized for the Holy Spirit.
1: It is true, that some of them had spiritual seeds. But we must remember, the apostles were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they were overwhelmed with it, and they had the power to lay their hands upon others and impart to them a gift of the Spirit. But no one on whom the apostles laid their hands, that we have any record of, was ever able to do this same thing. So there were different managers of the people. In the third chapter of John, we find that Christ had the spirit without name. The apostles had it in the baptismal name. And others had it measured out to them by the apostles' heed. Some had the gift of speaking in tongues, others of performing miracles. Now, one other
0: question.
1: If everybody in the days of the apostles who were baptized with the Holy Spirit had the ability to speak with tongues and perform miracles, why is it? If all believers today are baptized with the Holy Spirit, they do not have the same power. According to the teaching, that all saved people who have been baptized with the Spirit with truth, then all Christian people would be able to perform miracles, speak with tone and do the various things the early Christians did. When we have examined all of the evidence, we find that water baptism was the companion to the end of the world. And only two cases of baptism of the Holy Spirit is found in the Bible. And that was on the day of Pentecost, the apostles, and the household of Cornelius, found in the tenth chapter of Acts of the Apostles. We invite you to be with us tomorrow.
0: And we return to you now
1: with your announcement. Thank you. Good afternoon, Prince. Let us turn to the 8th chapter of Matthew this afternoon for our Bible study. We have an account here that happened early in the ministry of Christ. And this is the account of a Gentile, Gentile. This reading is found in the 8th chapter of Matthew, beginning with verse 5. We are told, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching me, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick, a pause grievously for me. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come unto my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority and told soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth. When Jesus heard it, he mocked, and said unto them, It followed. Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Here we have an account of a Gentile centurion, being he, a man in office in the Roman army, he came to Jesus, seeking his servant's welfare, for he was sick of of grievously tormented. Now there are a few things I want to call your attention to about this heathen. And if you will get your Bible and turn to this 8th chapter of Matthew, we can study together. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. A plain positive statement. He didn't say to the centurion, I will come and heal him if your servant has faith. If he has enough faith, I'll heal him. Sometimes today, men who claim to have the power to heal, they when they fail they say it's because of a lack of faith on the part of the person who is seeking the healing. But not so with this on this occasion with the Lord, or on any other occasion with the Lord. He said I will come in heal. The healing of this man's servant did not depend upon the faith of the servant. Whether the servant was a believer in Christ or not we have no record. There is nothing to indicate that he was. He may have been. I do not know. It just doesn't say. Now let us notice what the centurion said. He answered Jesus when Jesus said, I'll come in heaven. He said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be he. Here we can see a manifestation of this man's faith. He was a man that believed that there was power in the word of Christ. There are many today who doubt, at least to some degree, the power in the word of God. There are those that would have you to believe that you cannot take the New Testament and learn the plan of salvation and do what it says and be saved. They would have you to believe that there must be a direct operation of the Holy Spirit separate and apart from God's word upon your heart in order for you to be saved. There are some that would even tell you that there is a Gentile that has greater faith than any of the Israelites have. A great faith, and Jesus called it a great faith. He had to feed in the faith, not only in Jesus, but he had it in the word of Jesus, in Jesus' word. In fact, friends, if we do not believe the words of Jesus, We do not believe him. It is useless for us to talk about faith in Christ and not believe the gospel of Christ. If we are not willing to believe his word, then there is no need to make a pretense of believing him. We have no more faith in Christ than we have in his word. We would not know anything about Christ if it wasn't for his word. It is a word of Christ that tells us about him. How wonderful he is. It is a word of Christ that makes known to us his way. That gives us his commands. The rich promises of his grace are found in his word. The promises of salvation are made known in the word of Christ. Jesus' further commenting upon this, centurion said, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a wonderful thing to know that we have the privilege, us Gentile people, of sitting down in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this can only be done by our faith in Christ, in his word, in obedience to his word. Then his word guide us. Now after Jesus had made this remark to those about him, about the great faith of the centurion, we are told that Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Now this man was to go back to his house. Go thy way so be it done unto thee according to thy faith. Now this was not an act of faith only. This centering had come to Jesus. He took time out the trouble to hunt up the master. And he beseeched him for the, uh, for the healing on the part of his servant. There is faith at work. He had the faith before he came. It was faith that caused him to come to Christ and asked him to help. Now he says, You go, and it shall be done unto thee according to thy faith. Faith that was made perfect by his work. His work of coming to Christ and making the request. His faith that was made perfect in the things that he stated concerning the authority and power of Christ. A statement showing His faith in the word of Christ. Speak only, and it'll be done. Now what is the reward that this man received? And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. This faith was blessed. It was blessed because it was alive. It was a living, active, obedient faith. It was blessed because it produced work. It produced something, fruit. There was a man that believed something about Jesus. He believed in Jesus. He believed in the authority of Jesus, in the power of Jesus. So he took time off from whatever he might have been doing and came to Jesus and begged him in the interest. Of a servant. And asked that he heal. Now this was answered. He was he was healed at self same hour. A great demonstration of the power of Christ. I have known the people with palsy Going to would-be healers today. These people who claim to be able to heal. They came away with their palsy remaining. But this man was healed the self-same power. He was grievously tormented for this part. It was a grievous case of pause. It is a rather strange thing today that men would claim to have the power to heal when they would know beforehand that there would be those who would have a physical ailment that you can see with your eyes. And could see their faith. But in, under such circumstances, they say it's a lack of faith on the part of the man he, or trying to be he. But this, there is nothing said in this scripture about the man's faith, who was, who had deposited. This was done because of the faith of the centurion, the faith of another person. Jesus didn't say to the multitude, I am healing the servant because of the centurion's faith. No, not at all. He didn't say, Now this servant of this man has a great faith, greater than any in Israel. Not at all. But he said concerning the centurion, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So, If a person's faith is not strong enough today for one of these people who claim to be healers to heal, why couldn't he do it through somebody else's faith, as Jesus did he? Now the reason is, is because he doesn't have that power. But let us remember that we, if we have faith that is well-pleasing to God, It is not only in the existence of Jesus Christ, but it is also in his word. This is a remarkable thing about this man's faith. Speak only, and it will be done. Oh, if we would come to the New Testament with minds like that, and with that kind of faith, and there read what the Lord wants us to do on the pages of inspiration, and then do it though so many more people would be saved than what will be saved, who have been made to doubt the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which Paul says is the power of God unto a salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1 and 16. We appreciate very much your listening in today and we invite you to be with us tomorrow. At this time, we return you now
0: you're now.